goodness. Just ask that you bless Dave as he brings the word and um, lighten our hearts and ears to hear what you're saying today and uh, give us the grace to respond. Uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I'm not going to make us say God is good, amen, all the time. You're not going to make us say that all the time. Yeah, we're not going to say it all the time. Uh, so today's sermon is entitled, A Family Affair. We're continuing in First John, and we're all the way to the chapter 3 of First John. And there's, I think there's five chapters in First John. So it's First John chapter 3, 1 through 10. And let me just read it uh, for us in the Common English Bible version. See what kind of love the Father has given to us in that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. Because the world didn't recognize him, it doesn't recognize us. Dear friends, now we are God's children, and it hasn't yet appeared what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we'll see him as he is. And everyone everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Every person who practices sin commits an act of rebellion, and sin is rebellion. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and there is no sin in him. Every person who remains in relationship to him does not sin. Any person who sins has not seen him or known him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The person who practices righteousness is righteous, in the same way that Jesus is righteous. The person who practices sin belongs to the devil because the devil has been sinning since the beginning. God's Son appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Those born from God don't practice sin because God's DNA remains in them. They can't sin because they are born from God. This is how God's children and the devil's children are apparent. Everyone who doesn't practice righteousness is not from God, including the person who doesn't love a brother or sister. So I wanted to uh, just ask a question, and this is for answering. Anyone can answer. But what are some traits that you share with your parents or siblings? And I expect the Czech brothers to answer this question. Otherwise, we'll answer it for you. But if you think about your family, maybe your parents or your siblings, your family members, what are some traits that uh, you, sh- you share that are... Uh, they can be physical, or they can be just behavioral, or values, or whatever. Just go ahead. Um, my, sister, my, my mother and my sister and I were really stubborn. Kind of know it all attitude. Really? Which makes things really fun when they're trying to court me. So. Okay. <laughs> A lot of standoffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. How about you? I think we are. Uh, we're like talking about something, you know, specific thing we like to argue because we always think that, you know, I have the right answer. <laughs> I have one. So I think, you know, in a fun way, not just to fight about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're always right, right, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see him shaking his head. No. <laughs> Any other traits? All right. 
so on the flip side, our our family, on my side, the Sims, are morning people. So, and I think Isaiah and Cami both take that from me. So while Janice is sleeping in on weekends, we're like up at five or six, like making a lot of sound and laughing and being loud. <laughs> Anyone else? Last ones. My family, my family is very like intellectual. Okay. Very focus a lot on the reading and the benefits of a good education and and uh, like a lot of curiosity, a lot of curiosity and like love of uh, learning and mm-hmm. studying. Sort of like we'll all kind of just study things on our like we'll just read articles on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. you know, just endlessly. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wikipedia is like the best thing you know we've ever encountered because <laughs> you can just go from one thing to the next. You know, they they have everything on it. Exactly. <laughs> We're growing up. I was nothing like my dad. Yeah. But the older I get, the more like just weird little things that are like identical. Right. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> That's so true. I think, uh, you know, um, a lot of times we're not aware of the quirks, the family quirks or the idiosyncrasies that we've inherited from our family, uh, our parents, or just growing up in the same household. And it's interesting, having gotten married, that's the time when you become most aware of your own quirks and idiosyncrasies is when you get married because, you know, growing up, you're like, Everyone acts this way. Everyone's a morning person, right? And for us and our family, farting out loud, is it okay for me to say farting? Farting, how do you say it in Spanish? Pedal. Pedal. Farting out loud is normative, was normative, right? Because, you know, I would just toot really loud and everyone would laugh. No one would say, that's so rude, Dave. People would laugh and we'd make a joke out of it and then my brother would go, toot. Right? And louder and louder and louder. And um, I just thought this was normal. It's a funny thing, right? It's only when I got married to Janice that I realized not every family does that. Not every family thinks that's funny or uh, feels that farting out loud is even something you should be able to do. So the first couple of times that I did that in front of Janice, um, or later in our marriage, she said, you know, if I'd known this about you, I wouldn't have, I would have stopped dating you, (laughs) right, because, right, for her, that's not normative, that's not normal, that's rude, right, and it pollutes the air, for our family, it's like, I expected her to laugh like my parents, ha ha ha, that's so funny, Dave, but she was just stoic, right, and just wanting to beat me up, and so, we know more about our traits when we become into contact with other people who have different, uh, different family upbringing, a different background, different traits, different idiosyncrasies. Um, so now that we're a new family, now that we're the Sims, uh, we have developed new traits, right? Uh, new ways of living. Um, and one of them is that we don't fart out loud, <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially in the bedroom, you don't do any of those trap it in the underneath the blanket in bed. Like, I don't do that because uh, I'd be in a lot, really big trouble. 
So Sims don't fart out loud. Um, but do I slip and mess up every once in a while? Do I revert back to my childhood? Sure, every now and then I do. You know, I lift the leg and like push for maximum volume. But, but when I'm doing it now, all of a sudden I feel guilty. Where I never felt guilty before, I feel guilty now because I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing something that our family doesn't do. There's something very unnatural about doing it now. And so as we enter our passage, uh, just keep this illustration in mind uh, because it's about, uh, it's a family affair. And that's the title of the sermon is, as children of God, we begin to inherit different traits. Uh, Even in uh, verse 9, it says, Those born from God don't practice sin because why? God's DNA, right? In the NIV, God's seed. I like DNA better for obvious reasons. But God's DNA is in his people, remains in them. And so as we're God's children, we have a genetic code, a spiritual genetic code that makes us desire to live within a certain framework, that makes us want to be like God. Um, and so we begin to live differently or desire to live differently. Amen? Uh, So this passage, I would basically break down into three uh, different talking points. The first is um, in three different parts. The first is that John is trying to say, uh, talk about what a gift it is to be children of God, right? So if you look at verse 1, See what kind of love the Father has given to us and that we should be called God's children. And that is what we are. That's like one of the most beautiful verses in Scripture. Look at how much God loves us because he's given us the right to be God's children, to be called children of God. And you know what? That's what we are. Let me remind you. We're in God's family. No matter what you're feeling, no matter how you feel about yourself, this is true. When you've received Jesus into your life, that you are children, you are a child of God, right? Um, And that's a gift. That's a total gift. It's a privilege. And then the second uh, second, uh, kind of talking point is what is the promise of being children of God John lays out the promise so let's look at that dear friends verse 2 now we are God's children and it hasn't yet appeared what we will be we know that when he appears we will be like him because we'll see him as he is and everyone has this hope in him who purifies himself even as he's pure So I think John is laying out this idea of, yes, we're God's children now, and yes, we've received that gift, and yes, we know him, and we have heard the gospel, but we're not complete yet, right? We are living in a hope, right? We have a hope that one day we'll be, when we look at him face to face, we'll be perfected in him. When we look at Jesus face to face in the end, we'll be just like him. Right? right now, we kind of 
kind of look like Jesus. We kind of do good things. We kind of have his grace. We kind of have his love. We kind of have his kindness. But we also mess up all the time, right? We're also selfish. We also want to do things our way. We also hurt people all the time. We're stubborn. We're bitter. Uh, we're unforgiving. But when we're God's children, we're in a process, right? Just like the image of a child riding a bike. We're pedaling, and we have to keep pedaling and keep moving. And that's the promise, that whoever lives in this hope, right, we know we'll be complete in the end, right? It's not about being perfect. We know in the end we'll be completely purified and made right. And this is the promise of being a child of God, that the, actually the Holy Spirit has come to be an advocate, that we have a friend in the Holy Spirit that's transforming our hearts, that's changing us, that's making us be more like him on a day-to-day basis. Um, so if you live in that hope, you know that those things that you wrestle with, man, I'm a really impatient person, right? We know that God is at work, right, making us better people, making us more patient people. As a side note, never pray for more patience, right? Because the only way to learn more patience is time, right? So when I say, God, I want to be a more patient person, he's like, okay, why don't you wait 15 years to get married or whatever it is? Like, now you know patience. So it's not going to be a zap thing when you pray for patience. But anyways, God is working in us. It's constantly working in us. Um, and then the third talking point, uh, I think John... Um, and this is the longest part of uh, the section that we read is, what are the traits of being children of God, right? And there's this whole notion of how do we really know, how do we test or know if someone is really in God's family, right? And, and this is the hardest part in First John, because if you remember back in chapter 1, what does John say? He says, no Christian, no follower of God can say, I've never sinned, right? But in this, in this passage, he's saying, if you follow God, you will no longer sin. You're like, what's going on here? He's saying, no Christian has, can say, I've never sinned, and yet, if you're a follower of God, you will never sin. It doesn't make sense, right? Every person, verse 4, who practices sin commits an act of rebellion, and sin is rebellion, you know that he appeared to take away sins and there is no sin in him. Every, verse 6, every person who remains in relationship to him does not sin. Any person who has sinned has not seen him or known him. What? This doesn't make sense. So if I make a mistake, if I sin, if I turn away from God, then I don't really know God? What is this saying? Is, is John saying I need to be perfect to be a Christian? I need to not do any sin in order to be a a Christian, um, it sounds like it, but I think uh, I want to approach it uh, from the perspective of farting, right? <laughs> like I said, growing up, farting was normative, right? It's what we knew. It was funny. It was good. But in being creating a family with Janice and making a new family created a new culture, a new family trait of Farting is not good. So yes, I mess up and fart. I eat my beans and I fart, fart, fart. Right? 
But now, after I fart, I look at Janice and go, oops, right? <laughs> I, feel, uh, I feel like, oh, I've done something wrong or I've done something out of my nature, out of the kind of context of this family, and I want to come back, right, and redeem it and, like, make myself better. And so I think this is what John is getting at. When we are children or in the family of God, we share a culture, we share a DNA, such that it makes us more self-aware. When we sin, right, because we all sin, we all make mistakes, but when we sin, we actually have self-awareness. We actually have a sense of, like, man, I'm outside of God's grace. I'm not outside of God's grace, but... I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm not, right, moving in the right direction. And actually, there's something in me that wants me to turn around and stop doing that. And so in this way, sinfulness, he said, John says, sin is an act of rebellion, right? Sinfulness is a habitual thing. If we all know the nature of sin, it's habitual, right? Sin has nothing to do with just breaking rules, wow, you smoked in church, or wow, you cussed, bad, 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 you're a sinner. No, the nature of sin is more like a spider, right, uh, making a web, right, making a plan of deception and continuing to deceive and to deceive. Uh, for us, we continue to make mistakes or continue to choose the wrong things, continue to find life in things that are actually giving us death, Right? And the difference between someone who doesn't know God and someone who does know God and is um, um, a child of God is that the child of God feels lost when that happens. Right? Yo, I feel so far from God. Right? I'm not, things aren't right in my life. I'm just not jiving. I want to turn around. I want to come back. Are you guys with me? So that's the difference. Um, So how do you know that you're a child of God? There's two things to ask. What is your relationship with sin? Right now, what is your relationship with sin? If your relationship with sin isn't changing then you're not being a child of God, right? What John is saying is not perfection. He's not saying be sinless, be perfect. Because chapter 1 says no Christian can say they, have sin, they haven't sinned. Um, but if you look at the Greek kind of tense, the Greek word for sin here, it, it means this continual habitual rebellion. Does that make sense? over and over again. Um, Once you know that something is a sin, you can't habitually sin anymore. You mess up and struggle, but you have a heightened awareness to the struggle. You have a bent towards changing and reaching back for Jesus. But what this awareness does is say, oh, I need Jesus, right? I even need Jesus to help me to come back to him when I'm when I'm struggling. Does that make sense? I've been there. You know, you may ask me, what about addiction? Or what about things like lust or sexual sin? 
right? That's been a big part of many of our lives for a long time. And just when we, it seems like we're getting better, we go back to it, go back to it, go back to it, right? We need Jesus to save us, right? We need our daddy so we can turn back and say, I can't do it. Help me. Bail me out. Right? And that's what it means to be a child of God. Amen? Amen. We need Jesus. And that's the gospel. Jesus saves us. Jesus changes us. Jesus transforms us. Jesus lifts us up from the ashes. Jesus pulls us up from the miry clay. Jesus reaches in when we're sinking and in sinking sand and grabs us up and lifts us up. And we're like, ah. It's not Jesus that just gives us a sense of guilt. Do better. Come to church. All of you, I'm, I'm remembering all the people who weren't here today. Three-day weekend, you just think you can miss church? Bad, bad, bad. Feel guilty. That's not what we're talking about, right? What we're talking about is when you have the DNA of God in you, you want to be a better person, Right? You want to be a better person. Um, So what is your relationship towards sin? You become more conscious of the ways that you choose sin, you choose rebellion. Um, And when you do sin, there's more conflict inside you, right? People who don't know God, you can murder, you can steal, and it's just like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel guilty. It doesn't do anything to me. Uh, you could be rich too, yeah. It's true. It's true. That's why maybe Jesus said it's harder to, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, uh, and it's about being not being disconnected in relationship with God, but being more connected in relationship with God. So the second thing uh, we can ask ourselves to, if you wonder, am I, how do I know if I'm really in God's family? Is to ask, what is your relationship with other people? Right? A way that we practice righteousness and being like God is by loving our brothers and loving our sisters around us. A trait of being children of God is that you treat others like their family, right? How can you be in the family of God? How can you be a child of God if you don't respect people, right? If you don't care about people? <laughs> you get yelled at by God. Yeah. Right? Part of being receiving the love and the fatherhood of God means that that spills out in our own love for other people, right? Uh, so if we read in verse 10, this, this is how you know that someone is really in God's family. This is how God's children and the devil's children are apparent. Everyone who doesn't practice righteousness is not from God, including the person who does not love a brother or sister. So to sum up, it's a gift to be called children of God, right? How good it is that we have been given the right to be called children of God because that is what we are. And then number two, 
we have this promise. As children of God, we have this promise that even though we're incomplete and even though we're not there yet, we look forward to a day when we will be made perfect, when we will be complete in him. And then we experience that on a daily basis, that Jesus died and forgave us for our sins, that we're covered, right? We've been paid for. And then thirdly, the traits, what it means to be a children of God, what does that look like, right? It looks like we can't keep sinning without wanting to turn back to God, right? We've jumped on the God train, and there's a momentum, right? So if you jump off that train, you're going to feel it, right? Uh, and then also, they'll know that we are Christians by our love, how we love other people. And here's my question. Collectively, as individuals, how do we know that renew that our community is a community, a family of God, right? Are we a community that continues to be honest and open about our struggles with one another? Are we a community that challenges each other to, hey, come back to God. Hey, grow in God. Hey, let me pray for what you're struggling with. Let's, are, you, are we a family that hopes for transformation? in the lives uh, of the people around us, hopes for transformation outside of these walls? And then are we a community that loves our brothers and sisters, that we love each other as brothers and sisters, and we love all people as, as children of God? Um, and then ask this question in your own life, in your own context, at work, at school, at home, with your friends, how am I being a child of God, right? When I go to school, how am I being a child of God to the people around me? When I work with my coworkers, how do I reflect that I'm a child of God, right? Do, God, do people see the Father's love in what I do and how I behave and how I speak? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your words. Thank you uh, for the beautiful gift um, that you've given us, that we should be called uh, your children. And I pray that this truth would just sink into us, that we would begin to live more fully into that identity as being your children, uh, that you are our father, our good, good father. And that we're no longer slaves. We're no longer slaves to um, the old way of life or slaves to um, idols or addictions that uh, take away life from us or insecurities um, that suck um, the truth that we are loved by you um, away from us. But I pray that we could continue to seek life in our family name. In your name.